0: Tuning into the latest edition of Spin the Rally Pod, brought to you from Dirtfish HQ at Snoqualmie in Washington State. We're sitting, looking out over the course. The rain has stopped for the day.
1: It never rains at Dirtfish. Doesn't rain at Dirtfish. Neither. It rains at
0: Dirtfish. If it does, it just improves the course. That's uh, true. Uh, thats senior staff writer David Evans, who's now looking out the window to double-check it has stopped raining <laughs> because uh, it definitely has. He is full of giddiness. Um, because it's just been an incredible few days here. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, your host. Uh, I've been lucky enough to come to Dirtfish HQ because of the Women in Motorsports Summit, which was incredible. And if you want to catch up on any of that content, you can listen back to the the panels online. You can also listen to a podcast that sums up the whole of the day. Just go back and check, because you will all have subscribed by now, of course. And if you want to get in touch, at Dirtfish Rally is the way to get in touch. Also here at dirtfish hq for the first time it is the award-winning deputy editor of dirtfish.com luke barry aka the newest uh, rally contender because you've been out playing on the course here today
1: seriously though have you have you have you won an award luke
2: to be fair, Lisa brings it up. It's he's, not he's me. It's that, not me. He? But I was blushing. Not see me blushing, David. <laughs> in person, you can see I'm a humble guy. I'm trying, um, I'm yeah. trying to get it as a nickname.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I can think yeah. of plenty of nicknames.
2: But yeah, um, we'll we'll get to the guy on my left in a minute as an introduction. But he was was out with me, teaching me how to be a rally driver, and it was good to pretend that I was a rally driver for half a day. But um, yeah, amazing fun, um, really amazing fun, actually. Probably even better than I would have expected it to be. So, And that's all down to, to the man I'm smiling at right now. So,
3: yeah. Which is very good to, to see like to over the podcast. Me, I'm going
0: to
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Nate Tennis. I'm the chief
3: instructor here. And I had the horrible duty of, of riding along with Luke today as uh, we got him his first opportunity to drive a dirtfish car. how do you do? You uh, did great. Yeah, he did great. He I had mean, he he did. I, did. I paid him. Yeah, I, paid I did. Him. Yep, exactly. I mean, not that great. He didn't pay me that much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just to say, when we were doing the whole intro, there we do have a great nickname for for Nate. And I did genuinely think you were going to say, "I'm Nate the Great," <laughs> <laughs> which of course he is. He you is. are George Johnson
0: right. is your biggest fan, and that is that is your
3: full
1: name as far as he's concerned. <laughs> well,
3: that's good. I'm a big fan of his as well.
0: He's going <laughs> to be coming out to watch to the state later in the year, bringing daughter Samantha out as well.
3: Yes, very excited. Yeah, seriously.
0: Now, it was a half-day Nate special, Luke, that you had, and when you got up this morning, because we were up here relatively early, you looked a little bit kind of, I don't know, tired and perhaps a little bit anxious. I saw you after you'd have the full Nate the Great experience, just the two
2: of you. And the full Nate the Great experience, face, that is not. Your
0: face had changed so dramatically with that giddy adrenaline speed rush that was running through your brain. Can, can you explain the difference? Can you tell us what the difference is?
2: Oversteer,
1: <laughs> to be honest. I that's the
2: only answer. It's just fun. The conditions, as David said, it doesn't rain. So somebody must have come out, had a really big bucket of water, and just went (laughs) around the entire course with it. Um, It never rains in Seattle. No, no, it was quite interesting conditions, but it's as as our uh, women motorsport coordinator and head of strategy, Josie Rimmer, said, it's the perfect rally conditions. So,
1: Was was, was that the first time you genuinely overstayed a car? Because you said you said that you've never owned a rear-wheel drive. Car. Never,
2: never, ne- yeah. I think I've maybe driven one for about five minutes, but never driven one properly. Never, as I say, never owned anything that's not front-wheel drive. Um, so yeah, I think unless I've had a couple of interesting moments in the snow before. Um, one of them, on purpose. One of them not. But yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> like consistently um, yeah drive driving like that, and it's 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 an interesting thing to do i generally think it actually will help when driving on the road just know you've got a better car control as well which is the other side of this we probably don't think about it's not just about driving fast it is in a weird way can make you safer as well on the road
3: well that's one of our big justifications honestly is saying that you can make your uh yourself a better driver by coming out here and practicing and having a, a really good time is the ultimate takeaway is that you are becoming a better driver because you have more skills um over here in the United States, we have, uh, well, less than ideal teaching methods for our uh, new drivers. <laughs> so uh, we don't get a lot of education. We don't get any skid control. We don't get any of that. They just That's basically... The same in the UK. Is it now? Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. You just here you go. Fo- they hold a mirror up under your nose, and if you can fog it, then you get your license. <laughs> <laughs> On you go off into the, of the freeway. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. Because it's part of the constitution. <laughs> it's yes. <a> exactly. <laughs> apparently. And no license. Yeah. Right, exactly. And pay for insurance. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, it, it really is. Um, uh, neat to actually have some, some testimonials from people who have gone out and, and had their dirt fish moment where they saved themselves from getting into an accident or, or avoided some major thing or were successful in racing after coming here. And that's, that just, you know, tugs the heartstrings and makes you really excited to, to do what you do even more, as if riding around in a rally car all day isn't exciting enough.
0: <laughs> I, I yeah. genuinely think it, it's, we need to take a leaf out of the book of the, the Finns and the, and the Scandinavians i know the road conditions are different over there but it just makes sense when you're learning to drive a car to learn how to handle it in less than optimum conditions which mm. it's a no-brainer anyway um yeah. one of the reasons we are gathered in this room with a huge pile of snacks ready to be consumed but you're not allowed to eat anything or making rustling noises while we're doing this because <laughs> it made the edit difficult one of you is off to mexico well, Lukey, 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 you are going to be going to Mexico for the first time, but I'm going to start with you, David. We're back to Mexico. And how important is that for the WLC?
1: It's, it's hugely important, isn't it? Sorry, my voice always goes up but it's really <laughs> important, just to underline how important it is. But it, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a huge deal. We were obviously, as Dirtfish, we were there with Rally of Nations last year, the, the event that kind of bridged the, the gap between 2020 to, to 2023. It's massive, you know. It's um, when you think 2020, everybody left Mexico on the the event finished a day early because of COVID, Uh, and literally we just couldn't, you know, people couldn't get out of there quick enough. The event was stopped early; it was a day early. A Dirtfish media was uh, a month and a bit old at that point, Uh, so it was a tricky old start. But we got there in the end, Um, and yeah, it's. It's, it's fantastic to be going, mate. We have a, a feature on the website, um, a story of Gilles Batalha, the rally director of Rally Mexico, and quite emotional stuff from him, you know, that they feel they're, they're kind of closing the circle because, you know, 2020 ended. Um, as we said, you know, there was no Otarte stage on the Sunday. Everybody had gone by Sunday. They want to bring back that route and, and just essentially finish the, the last event in the, the 2020 event in Mexico. All of that said... A WRC calendar without Mexico is not complete. Uh, it's been there since 2004, obviously apart from the last three years. <clears throat> awful lot of scaffolding coming down behind That is the... This is the tent that was
0: left over from the Women in Motorsports Summit, so we'll, we'll just crack on with that, but that's just to let you know that's what's actually happening in the background. So yeah, they, yeah. they took it down in the rain, so it's very wet. It has yeah. now stopped raining.
1: Are you saying so, it's slippery and it's all. It's... No, I
0: think they're just thinking if we'd waited half an hour, it <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> yeah.
0: would Less weight going in the back
1: of the truck. But no, it's it's huge. Mexico is just an amazing event. It's something completely different, uh, and it's totally transformed itself from, you know, there were some difficult beginnings back in oh four oh five. Well, uh, but Well,
0: in those days as well, it was. It wasn't necessarily welcomed by all and sundry. And I remember being advised to be careful of bandits when we were heading out on the stage. But all <laughs> of that is very different now.
1: It, it is. But, you know, I mean, absolutely. It, the town's grown tremendously, Leon, where it's based. But you still go out into some of the stages, you know, out to Deramadero and out to Opo over the, the kind of I'm plains about, and what yeah. have you. Um, and you're still, you are absolutely, as you'll see, Luke, you are absolutely in the middle of nowhere with a couple of cacti and nothing else. And then suddenly, at your side is a cowboy on horseback with an enormous machete. (laughs) And it's nothing to worry worry about. (laughs) 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 It's it's amazing. And they're they're there to sort of chop down the cacti and all of that and stuff, what have you. It is one of the most welcoming rounds of the championship. Gilles uh, Spitalier and Patrick Soube have done the most amazing job. So I'm delighted it's back. And, you know, Nate, you have a a good idea of of this has to be a completely separate podcast, but Mexican motorsport, you know, you've done Bajas, you've done, you know, you understand what the competition down there is massive, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I I have a a real soft spot for Mexico, honestly. I've been very lucky enough to go down and, and run the 1000 a couple of times and uh, some other regional events there and various different vehicles. <laughs> uh, and it's just amazing. It's, it's magical and it's just pure adventure everywhere. And everyone, aside from those scary bandits that that you're warned about, uh, but everyone else is so warm and welcome, welcoming and just excited to have you there and excited to see everything. And it's... I don't know, it's a special place. I've never been to that part of Mexico, admittedly, but um, other parts of Mexico I've been to have all been uh, exactly the same. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've absorbed all the hype that we've chucked at you about Mexico. You know, we've spoken about that fantastic opening stage, which is just still the best way to start a rally. It's a fiesta from
2: stage one till the, you know, Parc Fermé at the end. What are you most looking forward to? It's bad to say because you've just mentioned it, but genuinely, I think that Thursday night stage is—it's one of those. I've watched it for years at home, and you've seen the pictures, and it's one of those things. And everyone says, "Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing!" And I think it's amazing. I (laughs) hope it—it won't be amazing. I can't see how it can be because they just get it. The atmosphere is incredible. You've got the stage itself was obviously unique with the fact it goes underground with well underground with, with. within reason sorry sorry my words with the tunnels and everything so the actual you could put that stage anywhere and it would almost be quite interesting for the wrc you add the the great color and atmosphere around it and it's and it's crazy but for me it's nice to do i've never done a rally outside of europe before either so that's going to be a first so yeah looking forward to it you hear that
3: trepidation as you
0: take it. I think it's that whole trepidation, which we have quite a lot often. It's so like, please let it be as good as I want it to be. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be over, over-expectant for what I'm going to get. We, we can't ignore the technical challenges of Mexico. We're at altitude, and, and the engines are under real pressure there, Nate.
3: Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. I mean, um, the other thing to think about is this, this is our first time with hybrid at that elevation, Right. Mm-hmm can't Think yeah. of another event that would have that, so it, it maybe that will overcome some of the, the lack of power, um, or maybe they'll go through more, uh, more available boost than uh, hybrid boost than they would have uh, at other events and, and be just running on the uh, the internal combustion. Who knows? It's going to be a very, very, very interesting event, I think, for
1: sure. That's and that's the point, isn't it? That because of the testing ban in Europe, nobody's been able to test. We've seen the teams, they generally go down to uh, the south of spain where it's it 's a bit warmer in europe you know it 's really cold it 's difficult to replicate twenty five thirty degrees at the altitude um, so what they do is they they can detune the cars slightly so they give they lose roughly around twenty five percent of the power so they take twenty five percent of the power out uh, and then they try and focus just on the road they try and replicate a, a Mexican road as much as they can, which you can do in Mexico. Um, in Spain, sorry. But the issue then, the other issue that you get is the ambient is still, as Toyota found out, it's eight degrees instead of 30 degrees. So the road temperature is even cooler or consistently cooler. Uh, and then, you know, you're trying to work the hard tire that they'll use a lot of in, in Mexico and it's not at, at all really uh, representative of what you're going to get, is it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. And the cars are heavier there. Than, yeah, than,
1: yeah. Than there's a hundred well. kilos of battery and stuff in there.
3: Yeah, so that's going to add a lot more. I'd say tire wear is going to be a, a huge issue. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of punctures and issues related with that, um, as they just are going to flat work the the tires harder than they they ever have
1: so far. I'd say. I hadn't thought of that actually the extra weight, you know, under braking and everything, it does it. It really works. Yeah, yeah, it does work the tire a lot harder. Well, that's was what
2: happens the- when we get somebody involved in a podcast that can actually drive.
1: <laughs> that's not what we do. Yeah. <laughs> a- Apologies, George. Of course, George's going to hate me for that. George, I'm sorry. I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you lunch. Say sorry. <laughs> but it, the the one absolutely interesting thing. Um, One of the many interesting things that Tom Fowler, Toyota technical director, said, exactly the same as you. I was saying, oh, you know, it's going to be an absolute winner because you've got hybrid, um, and you'll have hybrid boost consistently at whatever altitude. And he said, yeah, you will, but don't forget the air is that much thinner up there, so it's going to cool the battery more inefficiently because the air is thinner. There's not as much air going in to cool the battery. So he said, you know, we are... Absolutely aware that we could have some heating overheating issues with the cars because they're not gonna cool as quickly. It's
0: gonna be interesting to see when we actually become aware of these issues. Um Mm. we've got Tanak opening the road. Um that's never the best
2: place to be in Mexico to start the running. No, it's it's a shame for him in a way because we all know as a I don't think anybody expected him and M Sport to win so quickly like they did in Sweden. But this is like almost the punishment for, for the prize. Like, yeah. Of all rallies to be first in the world, Mexico really isn't where you would where you would choose. So I think it's going to be a very difficult event. I think it would be a difficult event for him anyways. It's another sort of thing for him in, to learn in the new car. Um, but yeah, running at the top of the field, it's, we've seen it in the past. I think I'm going to get myself wrong here because I've not checked the stats, but I know Roger is one from the front, but it isn't. That common to be that far up and and do well on an event like this, so it's a big challenge, but he knows that oh it's not daft, and in all honesty, I think he'll take it I think to be leading the championship after two rounds. None of us really could have expected that I don't think he expected it So it'll be a difficult weekend But then it should put him in a better place for, for future rallies So it swings around the birds, isn't it? This is where we needed the George Donaldson weather forecast as well
0: To actually tell us about weather
1: It's going to be hot It's, it's hot. hot. It's, just- <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, it's <laughs> going to be <laughs> just the one jumper And it'll be hot A one, <laughs> jumper. A one jumper event <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A one jumper If it gets above 30 degrees Yeah, it's probably a one jumper event, I'd say no, I, I have done a little bit of a weather forecast and between 25 and 30. I think. Okay. But just to pick up on what you said there, you know, it is, we've always seen through Monty and Sweden, you know, the penalty is when either of those and you're going to be likely to be first on the road, you will pay that penalty. And you talk to Ogier and Tannock and these boys, and you know, did in, in Sweden, do you think about a strategic approach to the power stage, maybe drop a couple of points here just to drop yourself one or two places on the road not a chance consistently they've all said you take the points you absolutely have in your pocket because way down the road you know when we come to japan at the end of the year you just don't know um yeah (laughs) but i mean we see it don't we? you know you see we've seen at the end of legs real tactical approach to 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 where they want to be on the road but when it comes to this and i think as well as much as anything for m it's a massive boost to the team, a motivational boost that they go as, as championship leaders. Um, and who knows? We've seen Augier's won there from the front. It, occasionally, I think in the 20-odd years, I know, I remember it, it's rained heavily once. Uh, and in fact, the one year we were there, I can't remember which year, the week after we left, half of the stage was recovered in snow.
2: I remember that, actually. Yeah I, could nice. tell when, yeah, I remember seeing that.
1: You, you never know. Uh, I mean, it would be extremely I'd take rare. that.
2: I think that'd be quite fun. <laughs> it would. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, you're right, though. I think I'm, I'm doing maybe a bit of a disservice ruling him out, because you,
1: you can't... No, have no, no. I, I, yeah, it's sensible, yeah. To, to suggest. and But yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he would have to... I think the thing was, you know, at that time when Ogier was winning from the front, he was so enormously irked by the FIA just trying to stop him trying to get in his way that you know the guy was was brought in. Just to slow him down. You know, categorically. Um and and, you know the FIA said as much at the time, they had to stop Augier winning. Um (laughs) so it it yeah, it was a big thing. But it fired it had the opposite effect. It fired him up beyond belief. Um it's for me it's going to be one of the super interesting friday mornings it's not a friday morning's not the morning stages are not hugely indicative because it does take a while to warm up so by sort of lunchtime onwards it's piping that's about the
0: time that the um tortillas are being cooked roadside on the top of a an oil barrel and there's all kinds of fabulous don't ask what it is just ask how much you mentioned asia you mentioned asia day. Anyway. is your favorite to win
1: would you say he has to be among another pair of boots the favorites yep uh, another pair of boots to to give to colin clark famously <laughs> <laughs> the Voice of rally we are obviously we're missing colin um Cole is back in mexico uh he's been on on a couple of events in australia so i'm sure we'll hear about all of those adventures I just uh, figured he's been in Mexico this entire time. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, with his pink, pink cowboy boots. Exactly, uh, exactly. And the pink hat that he bought last year. So <laughs> top oh my and God, 10, yes. He, he'll, he'll be matching. So easy to spot in Mexico, Colin. So I, definitely the further back you can go on the road, the better. But as we know, you know, the further back you go, the more jeopardy with rocks being pulled out. And it, it can be an issue that, can't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think... This one will, will be one where the, the, the smart driver go, is successful, the most successful, is, is careful, manages their tires the most, um, manages even their hybrid boost potentially as well, and stay, keeps their nose clean and stays out of trouble. I think that will be who wins this event.
1: You're, you're a rally driver, we know that, so how if you're looking after your tires, What does that, how does that actually manifest itself? How do you do that when you're in the heat of a stage? How do you stop yourself from just pushing and pushing?
3: Uh, age, I think, is the only thing that does that. <laughs> when you're young, the the bits in your teeth, and you're going for it. Uh, it's it's really tough, but you have to just um, sort of like anything. Where do you to find? Where do you go for ten tenths or eleven tenths? Uh, it, it's no, uh, have a plan and go and stick with it. And that's uh, another role for a co-driver as well to to help get you in that that mindset of. We aren't going to kill this one. We are going to preserve our tires. We're going to uh, be smart about it and tactful and and not go absolutely flat out everywhere. Gentle throttle on the exit of the corners, as Luke was. <laughs> uh, smooth brake, <laughs> we'll after the tires. I had yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: new tires to do that, i had to describe
3: Yeah, exactly. We're really trying to impress you.
1: <laughs> it, it is as straightforward as that, just Remember, be, be just a little bit more gentle on the throttle and brake and maybe a wee bit earlier and a bit less aggressively. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. And not spend, not uh, be smooth. You know, you're trying not to scrub uh, rubber off of off the tire. So just try not to be so aggressive with things and, and pitch the car around and be, be aggressive. Um, it, it's also hard to watch your your yourself fall down the running order a little bit, potentially, or as the, the splits come back in, you're, you're getting... Uh, further and further behind but where does that put you strategically at the end of the stage um, and and most importantly at the end of the event
1: yeah that's exactly it and we we did a piece which you must watch it's genuinely it's brilliant Yari matthew latvilla tells us how to win rally mexico and that's exactly one of the big things he's with the year that he won in 16 i think it was his tire strategy worked perfectly and and he said you know i'm not going to spoil it for you partly because i can't remember exactly what he said but, <laughs> but go and do you watch want
0: me to it? edit that verse out to make you sound more
1: intelligent <laughs> go and watch it on youtube uh, and and just listen to what he said it's amazing but it's, it's exactly what you say it's the tire strategy that can make or break your event
0: so let's talk about elvin evans then where where would you say he is at the moment what
2: does he need to produce luke in mexico It's a a tricky situation, I think, And, and media types like me and David will, we look at it and we question where he's at, and I think rightfully so, because basically we're not seeing the Elvin that we think and we know we should be seeing. We saw glimmers of hope from Monty Sweden, he went a little bit backwards. This again is, it's a different challenge. It's a completely different rally to what he's had before, since his sort of, Discovery process of the car. I think in late last year, in a Spanish test, wasn't it, David? I think he did. Yeah, for Japan. Yeah, yeah, Um, Japan. We haven't seen that on gravel. The progress he's made with the Rally One car. I think the tricky thing for Elvin now is if he doesn't outscore either Tanak or Robin in Mexico. I think that is key for his season here because he theoretically is fourth on the road. I think he is certainly behind the other two. I think he has to be outscoring them if he wants to just psychologically maintain himself in the the championship fight. I know it's only round three of 13, so maybe I'm being a little bit controversial in saying that because you never know, but just for his own headspace to to get a result over them because it's easy. His run of form recently, you look at the results, it looks like he's off the boil. Not at all. Japan, he was leading on the last day. Monty should have been second, really, if it wasn't for the puncture. So Sweden, yeah, we've been over that bit difficult. But yeah, there's... There's progress to be made. I fully expect he should show well. He He's always been quite good on events like this that are tough going and are, and are difficult. We remember Turkey in 2020, I think it was, that he won in the, these sort of conditions. So I think he can do it. He just needs to make sure he has a good Friday, he gets himself in the right position and then takes the event from there. It's a confidence thing for him as
0: well. He, he needs... Uh as you will know, doing stuff well behind the wheel boosts your confidence and improves your performance.
2: I definitely just want to point out, you shouldn't compare me to half a day to a championship winner. That's possibly Perhaps, a well, Perhaps I'll put that one to note. That, 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 that's how
3: good we are, in just
0: half a day, But, but, it's, but, but it, is, it is the case, isn't it, that if, if, you, are, if you are performing well, you perform better. It just, it's self fulfilling.
3: Yeah, and that's that's something that's interesting that we've seen over the last few years. We've seen uh, people put in a position that, that perhaps was a little early in their career and watching their, their hopes just dash and get dashed and they're just distraught at the end of it. And then that just plummets their career. Um, so it, it's a real... It, uh it's, it's amazing that we get as much insight that we do from from Dirtfish.com to get the behind the scenes uh, aspects of that. And, and so you really understand what, it, what a driver is going through um, and you have a lot more uh, uh, perspective of things than, than you would uh, if you're just watching whatever's produced uh, for
1: television. But have you have you felt that in some of the events out here that you've done? You know, you get up in the morning and it works on the first stage and you carry that confidence through. And then conversely, if you have a half spin and it's just nadgery and not working, do you then struggle?
3: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we were all full of ambition in 2021 to go after a two-wheel drive championship. And we got off to a, a reasonable start in the snow. Uh, and then came to the next events and just struggled and struggled and struggled. And, and I, I, uh, completely align with, with Craig Breen because it, it, it ruined my entire year. Like personally ruined my entire year when I couldn't get, uh, the results that I had hoped for and that, and chasing that dream that I, I had always wanted, um, completely align with, with those, uh, feelings. Um, and it's, it's really, uh, hard to to bounce back from from something like that. So speaking of Craig, it's it's amazing to see him jump back into it, and you and it, it, it you see him winning, you see him doing well, and boom, that changes everything. And he's a he's a different person from what we saw last year.
1: It, it does. It casts you under a cloud, doesn't it? If, yeah. if event to event, you're not getting where you want to. And for sure, I think we we did see that with with Craig. We talked a lot about that. But for me, you know, with Elvin, I'm. I think that, you know, the talk of confidence now, we're past that. You know, he has all the self-confidence he needs. And just when you talk to him, you know, he's a proper grown-up now. You know, he's absolutely a man, totally. You know, for a long time earlier in his career, he looked hesitant and he looked just like a junior driver still. But now, you know, you talk to him and drivers have this ability of, of indicating to you when the interview is over and they kind of take control of the interview and there's not many drivers that really do that in the way that an Augier or a Carlos Sainz or these kind of people would but Elvin, you know, that's another mark of his ability and his confidence and his self-confidence that when you're talking to him, you know he kind of guides where you're going with the, with the interview and it's all part of it you know, he's totally comfortable with where he is right now he knows he's got the speed he knows he's got the car he knows he needs a result, but he's not in that point where he's bringing pressure to himself, where he would have done probably three or four years ago. Um, Perhaps
0: he's—it's he, uh, patience as well—is that element of not, if you know that all the blocks are in place, not beating up yourself, not yeah. think, not worrying about it. Actually, having the patience to think, look, all the bits are here. We've just got to wait, wait. I've got to be patient and let. The process work i think mm-hmm. in other sports they talk about working through the process that yeah. if you've yeah. done everything right you have to trust that the process yeah. will get you to your end result that's
1: and you know that's a mark of a champion isn't it that you don't panic and you don't stress and maybe this is where you went wrong Nate. you didn't trust the process <laughs> uh, <I panic. laughs>
3: no but it's that desperation for a good result too which can, can then skew your entire uh, mindset and then add negativity to everything that gives you a negative result in the end, too. It's like fighting uh,
1: upriver. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Let's talk Hyundai because Beatable feels that they should win here. Can they?
1: I would say anybody can win in Mexico. You know, it is a bit of a lottery event. the the size rocks that get pulled out the conditions that we see the massive technical challenge of driving these cars at altitude for the first time with zero testing uh in these in these mexican conditions anything can happen um so yeah for sure there thierry has has shown well has he won mexico i've got a
2: stat for you there's only one driver in the angelus issue that's won the rally before it's her Mm -hmm. Sebastian Augier. Yeah. Six, 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 and he can break a record. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: there's quite a disparity. In that there. one yeah. driver has actually won it six times yeah. as well, <laughs> No, yeah. I, but Thierry, you know. He's, Thierry
0: got on the podium thanks to some beer.
1: He did, indeed. Yeah. Indeed, he did. Uh yeah. He in Mexico. I think yeah. way back at. That was that way was, back when Corona was quite popular. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Since, uh,
0: <laughs> Sorry, Luke. I jumped in.
2: <laughs> no, you're all good. I'll I, just to add on, on Hyundai, though. I think. There's a lot of talk that they probably have the best engine of the three cars. That could be quite a key factor. The way their drivers are in the road order as well, I think they're, and I, again, we'd have to double-check this, but I'm sure they're third, sixth, and, and ninth, which is a pretty good spread of, mm. of where to have conditions-wise. We know all the drivers can do it. Sordo didn't have a good start to the season, but the theories that he's lost it to me are a bit crazy, given how much he was up against in that rally with no hybrid for about half of the event. Um, lappy season far better than the results make it look Um, Thierry again Kind of flown under the radar a bit for me this year Two third places already He's not been right at the front at either event But he's been there on both Um, So yeah I, I think as a team They've probably got Yeah I'd, I'd say to be honest All three of them are podium contenders If not victory shouts as well So keep it tuned to Dirtfish.com
0: The, the live centre Will be up and running so uh, we will be covering everything WRC, but also WRC2 as well, because it's just such an amazing competition this year. And uh, we've, got, we've got some brilliant head-to-head-to-heads. We've got Solberg, Greensmith, Formo all looking to outgun each other. I mean, we're so lucky
1: to have such brilliant competition in WRC2 as well this season. Oh, it's a cracker. It, it is. It's, it's gonna be a, I mean, that's only three as well. <laughs> it's going to be another great event. And, and yeah, it, those cars, it is a challenge because they are a little bit more fragile and you've got to think your way through this one. Um, but just to nip back briefly to, to Hyundai, I think everything that you said is exactly right there. For me, Lappi, when we saw him in Sweden, he was a totally transformed driver from Monty. He felt, you could see that he looked, he had that confidence, that glint in his eye again. And he could have won that event in Sweden. Um, and for me, any one of them, as I said, they, they, can, they can all win. Sordo, in the past, we've seen tremendous speed from him in, in Mexico, really early Friday, and then a real, a big problem early on. You, you just don't know. You know, if Danny turns up and he's racy Danny on the day, he could do anything. It, it is so much of this event is a big big gamble on friday if you're going to take that gambler you've got to push like hell if you've got a really good place on the road absolutely pedal to the metal all the way because you can build a minute's advantage you know we know that it's seconds per kilometer as that road cleans and cleans and cleans uh so yeah, and conversely, at the top end of the running order, Tanak has to decide, you know, does he want to really take big risks on Friday to try and stay within 30 seconds? Uh, and that generally, if you're within 30 seconds of the leader at the end of Friday, that was a good day from, a, from first on the road. So it, it's always, it's a really interesting Friday. Can't wait.
0: So let's turn our attention to the ARA as we are... Stateside, um, Hundred Acre Woods, Nate, is up next. What can you tell us about this event? You've driven
3: it? You know, yeah. in and out? Uh, well, I wouldn't say in and out, uh, but I have been to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great event, great roads, uh, neat part of the, of the country. Um, what kind of roads? Uh, smooth, flowing uh, hard pack, uh, almost borderline sandy rather than than gravel, like you would see in u uh, k or, or up here uh, so they 're really neat. Um, my only complaint with it is uh, is the water crossings, so they have uh, low water bridges everywhere, but running in march it 's very high water like
0: we 've got massive. Flood risks in this area potentially over the next couple of weeks. They? Yeah,
3: they always do that. <laughs> it's always very <laughs> nerve wracking. <of> <laughs> yeah, and we had uh, a couple of big moments with our our <laughs> rental recce car. Uh, I mean, our official recce car, <laughs>
1: uh, sponsored
3: by Rental Services, uh, hire car for for you yeah. outside of the U.S. Uh, no, but it, like it's it's very deep and very very rough uh, in in a few sections and felt very similar to honestly running in Baja, uh, for a few of the areas of the road, uh, not dry, rough, but like soggy, uh, very bumpy. Um, so uh, there's a big strategy. I mean, uh, there's, there's one perspective of driving with uh, a very smooth road at at high speed, uh, almost, uh, Finland-esque, Uh, but then all of a sudden then it ends in a pond (laughs) and and you have to pick uh, choose wisely which line you're going to pick and how fast you're
1: going how do how do you do that because on the recce if if the if the water level has been even higher Mm -hmm. you can't get or do you get out and wade through it in your shorts or look for the (laughs) i know i saw somebody do that in 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 ohio last year there, yeah, there was yeah. a huge river crossing, and the guy just took his trousers off and walked in. <laughs> I was expecting alligators and all sorts, but apparently that's a different <laughs> part of America.
3: Northern alligators, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you can do it. You you get a pretty good sense of it when when you recce through with the with the uh, on your your recce route, you'll get a good idea of how deep the 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 puddle is. It's more of you know how hard and how fast can you, can you hit it, and what sort of damage can your car uh, withstand what's on the other side because then all of that water gets carried over and turns into a really um, mud pit uh, yeah and and you know choosing a line wisely the biggest issue is is water ingestion and um you know taking the engine out or even causing it to cough as you exit the other side and, and uh, into the <laughs> into the bushes potentially <laughs> what was the what was your strategy then did you we didn't have very good uh water protection if I'm honest in in our cars um, so it. you have to go through yeah so you, you we just were were careful with it like um the top cars will usually barrel right through the middle of it and create an even bigger hole so choosing one side that was uh, that was our strategy is choose one side so at least half the car is is out of out of the water um, and we ended up uh taking on gravel from the side uh that kicked off our serpentine belt and caused us to run uh hot after that. So that was <laughs> that was our, our first basic DNF and then we got back into into it and, and finished the rest of the of the event, but albeit with a lot of problems.
1: Serpentine belt.
2: Fan belt?
3: Fan belt, sure. Sure we can call it that. It's a very thick one that has a lot of accessories on it.
2: Yeah. David looked at me, looking for it. I'm the man of no mechanical me. knowledge. No, not, but no, I I, yeah. no, but I wasn't I going to question. You don't know of another name. I like, the, I like
0: the fact it's got accessories. It makes me think of a back belt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, has
3: accessories, like the oil pump. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: But it's interesting though that the roads are, are are like that, and are they quite wide? Could you really kind of move the car, play with the car? And-
3: yeah, it's 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 fun because there isn't a lot of low level foliage when we get through go at that time um, they're all like oak so it's a uh, deciduous uh so you can really see through everything um and while it's a little scary to have the trees as, as close as they are they they really um there are only a few spots where you have gotchas otherwise you can see really well through it mm. um and uh this one was a, a learning event for me in particular for trusting pace notes uh, because when I started, I, I, we didn't have pace notes in the U.S. They were actually outlawed. So this, we had some big eye openers of the blind crests. As it's, as it's, no, don't be a chicken. <laughs> as is the pace note,
1: don't be a chicken. That was a note over the crest, don't be yeah. a chicken.
3: And and so you know, upshifting to sixth as you're going over, <laughs> over a blind
1: crest. Uh, was did a real eye <laughs> It's true. We did, though. <laughs> What's that feeling like, though, when you get to the top of the crest and it is dead straight on the other yeah. side? It must be amazing. It's much better to, to trust your notes
3: and be excited about knowing exactly where you are on the other side of the road than it is to approach the crest uh, in a lower gear and go, oh, man, we could have gone so much faster. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, yeah. You know instantly you've taken a couple of seconds out of the people who have lifted there, don't you? Yes, yes, exactly.
0: There's one man that, uh, you know, who has, I mean, he, he had a great season last year, but should we be worried about Seminuk's pace? Is he going to walk away with this championship?
3: you know i don't know um personally i th- i think he's going to stand in a, a very good position as he always tends to um but the uh, snow is such an oddball event that um it could be much closer on this particular event um but we'll see he's going to do well obviously it's um Hopefully for the
1: sake of keeping things interesting, he doesn't walk away with it, <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um, that was but, a big win, wasn't it, in snow drifting? You know, winning every stage yeah. in 13-odd minutes.
2: I, I agree with Nate, though. I think it is easy to look too much into that because mm-hmm. I think like, Tom Williams lost about nine minutes. Yes, he made a mistake. Brandon didn't. And yeah. four minutes is still a, a fairly big win. But it's yeah. the 13 minutes makes it look a lot. Worse yeah. I think. And and as you say, this is more of a hundred acre wood is more of a regular rally. More we'd like more like the rest of the ARA season. Um I guess the thing to bear in mind though with the way the regulations work, I think this will be a rally that having the open four-wheel drive car will be better than a rally too, just because they've got a bit of a bigger engine and potentially I'm not sure if it's more horsepower. I, I don't so I'm not gonna I'll be careful <laughs> what I say here, but yeah. I, I think Brandon obviously he knows the rally he's won the rally before maybe didn't maybe ran it when it was show me i can't remember but he's done well there um he knows what it takes to win i still believe he's a very underrated driver i think people can look in the fact and they say he's in the and everything but i think he is mega and he really knows what he's doing barry mckenna's back that's interesting yeah <laughs> probably goes one of two ways either he goes out there and wins or has a problem and knocks a couple of things off the carpet Barry's <laughs> as committed as ever it's great yeah, um, so fun. but yeah I think he'll be there it, it should be as you say it should be a better race than we saw in round one
3: yeah, and and if if anything, if he if he does walk away from it, then I think we'll have a a, a quick uh, amendment to the rules to uh, align his car with the rest of the group um, right after that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, frankly, because uh, they want to keep things um, equal as well, and everyone's in there to win. And if uh, someone has an absolute unfair advantage, then um,
1: then that needs to be regulated. It does. Uh, talking to Seminook after uh, Snowdrift, he he did. We talked a lot about that big gap and, and were the regulations right, and he he, kind of is keen that we take a more holistic view and look at events, he says, like Oregon, Olympus, where it is that bit twistier, and, and the R5 car will come, or the Rally 2 car, will come into its own a bit. Is that fair?
3: I would say so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... Uh, saying nothing against our partner, is a big car, um, mm. and it's uh, that space can be... Uh, depending on the area and the train and the, and the roads that you're on um it can be much easier to thread a fiesta through a road than <laughs> than, a, than a full-size subaru so that that could come into play um in the future for sure yeah
1: yeah no it's gonna be a great event and it's not i mean it's two events on on the right side of the world as well it's uh and of course saturday sunday i can't remember which it's the nitro final round of nitro this yeah, it's all, it's the whole isn't it? It's all. It's it's, it's all happening. Yeah, all happening in the Americas.
0: Finally, we've, Leah Block is stepping into BRZ. It's a big year for her, and you know it's uh, she's got Rhiannon, Jill sitting next to her, and we've got um, Alex is going to be sitting beside Le- uh, Lucy as well this year. It's I mean, it's going to be emotional, it's isn't it? Be very I mean, emotional. And yeah. if if you want to um, hear what uh, Rhiannon. Thinks about that. Go back and listen to the Women in Motorsport Summit podcast because she talks about sitting alongside Leah and what she feels her role as a co-driver entails this year as well. But it, but it is, it's. I mean, it's such a difficult time, but such a brilliant thing to see them back in the cars. Mm,
1: I think, and talking to Derek Dawes, who's the the team manager, you know, and a great friend of ours, and as as are the the whole Block family. You know, I think it. It can be a part of, of the process you know getting back in the car it's where as a family they they live their lives um, so but oh, you just can't begin to imagine I mean you know them Nate as as, as well as anybody on I mean, it's but it's just good to as a community we want that ability to put our arms around them don't we
3: yeah and, and we've had a, a very unique situation where we were literally able to do that and and uh, it's been wonderful. Um, Leah is phenomenal. She is uh, a big talent. Just years old. Big, big, big talent. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see what she's going to do with that car. I think it's going to be... Um,
0: we don't want to put any pressure on her either. We want to see her develop her... No, no, pathway. no.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if anything, when when they came out to to do a little shakedown and, um, and just have some fun and kick around in the cars, it was good to get some rear-wheel drive time, honestly, for her. Uh, but that that car is phenomenal. It will take a bit to to adjust from the Fiesta. Um, it's I think a hundred more horse, two hundred more horse than than the other car potentially, yeah. something like that. Uh, and then uh, you know driven from a completely different end. But brilliant, brilliant car. Uh, very similar to to what um, what I drove in twenty twenty one. So. Uh, know the potential for that um, and theirs is even better <laughs> uh, so really excited to to s- see both her and lucy out uh, just in the woods again honestly uh, and hope that it uh, continues to be a positive thing um, and we can once again heal the world through rally
0: absolutely absolutely <laughs> here to that um, what are your running plans for the season Nate
3: Um, I'm going to be doing some local regional stuff, uh, personally. So Olympus, possibly Oregon trail, and there's a new, uh, historic event that's happening uh, called the wild west rally. So they've, uh, brought that name back and looking to do, um, and capitalize on a lot of the historic cars and possibly get some, some from around the world to come in and, and compete in, in our area. Um, so hoping to do that as well. We'll see, but, um, my mechanic is terrible. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to chuck somebody right onto the bus there
2: second. <laughs> this going to be interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I did, and he deserves it because he's not getting stuff done. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to be uh, uh, resurrecting uh, Carl Yardewald's Volvo. Uh, we're rent- we ran um, with his-, his son, Alex Yardewald. Uh, we ran a Volvo 940 Turbo in 2018 uh,
1: regionally and had an absolute blast. So, Going to do that again. I think it's, I mean, it's we talk about big cars. The Subaru is a mini, isn't it? <laughs> Command. <to your> Especially <laughs> in terms of weight.
3: This thing weighs 3,200 pounds. Yeah. I don't know how many uh, brick houses that is or whatever uh, method it's of, a lot. Of, of measurement you guys use. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's heavy.
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's heavy and it's not exactly powerful and it's only a four speed, but. Um, Yeah, it's (laughs) extremely fun to drive and actually pretty decent, so it's fun.
1: Yeah, very much. No, I I think definitely we're looking forward to catching and we need to get some content off you on those events. It is going to be very entertaining, but yeah, no, it's and it's a great car. You know, these cars are overlooked. You know, they are big. There's plenty of car around you, Uh, and it's rear-wheel drive, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it has a lot of, of steering lock, so you can literally almost uh, lay the tires at 90 degrees and, and uh, <laughs> just <laughs> look out the side windows.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Good luck with that for the rest of the season. If you want to stay in touch, at Dirtfish Rally the way to get in touch. Check out all the latest information on dirtfish.com and, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. David, Luke, Nate and Very.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you.